Hallelujah. Do you believe that tonight? You ought to stand on your feet and praise Him. Hallelujah. I'm so glad I know that Jesus saves. His blood cleanses me from all sin. Amen. What a powerful, powerful message that song brings to my heart tonight. Anybody longing for heaven tonight? Yeah. I got a feeling it's not going to be long, and I certainly would ask the Lord to even so come quickly. Amen. The longer we live in this world and the darker it gets, the greater the light shines. And I believe God has for us a great season and a great time in this hour to see Him do His greatest work. He still saves. I said he still saves. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and say he's still in the business. Praise God. Amen. Greet somebody with a Holy Ghost smile. If you don't have one, you need to get one before the night's over. Amen. So good to see you here tonight. Brother and Sister Long are ministering in the valley this week, and they, I know they have had, or they've been a great blessing, uh, and I expect to hear great reports from their trip down to the valley. Um, thank you for your faithfulness. Remember all the announcements. I was thinking about the egg hunt. Some of you don't know this, but I have a little streak in me. <laughs> Several years ago, we had an adult Easter egg hunt. Anybody remember that? The trouble is, they had to volunteer before they knew what all that Easter egg hunt involved. then after we got all the volunteers we told them that we had hid over $500 in cash in the eggs out in that field all of a sudden everybody wanted to be an Easter egger I will never forget the sight though adults lined up across the back of that area where we used to have grass it's now parking lot and when we gave the signal they all took off running and it was so funny because they were running right by eggs all around them but I don't know I guess they were seeing out of their peripheral vision that nobody else was stopping so they weren't and then as if on signal everybody stopped at the same time and they bent over And if you were taking pictures at that particular moment, you have surprise possessions. <laughs> you never know what might happen around here. Praise God. Thank you for indulging me this morning. I will not be lengthy tonight, but I do want to take you to, again, I told you the book of John. Chapter 8. Now, what great music and worship we've had here tonight. You know, we were talking about the God is the same in the valley as he is on the mountaintop. And the Syrians made the mistake one time of convincing themselves that Israel's God was a God of the hills, but he was not a God of the valleys. And God said, hey, I'm about to show them where all I am, God. <laughs> and uh, if you know the story, it's found in 1 Corinthians, I think about chapter 20. Uh, you will find out that God truly showed himself strong in behalf of his people. 
Amen. I'm glad to know that he is there at all times. John chapter 8, so many things in this chapter. I will be coming back to it in days to come. Not this passage, but other parts of this passage. There's so much here. And I know that um, it has spoken to me. I pray that it will speak to you. Verse 36, 37, 38 tonight for your consideration. I'm sorry, gentlemen, I did not give you this before service. John chapter 8, verse 36, 37, and 38. I'm reading from the King King James Version tonight. If the Son therefore shall make you free... You shall be free indeed. Anybody believe that tonight? That's not what I'm going to preach about, but that's that's a preaching point. If, it's conditional. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you were Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me. Because my word hath no place in you. Verse 38, he said, I speak that which I have seen with my father. And you do that which you have seen with your father. Now let me read that from the Amplified Bible. So if the Son liberates you and makes you free men, then you are really and unquestionably free. Yes, I know that you are Abraham's offspring, yet you plan to kill me. And this is the reason, because my word has no entrance It makes no progress. It does not find any place in you. And verse 38. I tell you the things which I have seen and learned at my father's side and your actions also reflect what you have heard and learned from your father. God bless you. You may be seated. A young girl came to her mother one day. Evidently, they had been talking in school about family. And so she came and she asked her mother. She said, Mom, where did I come from? Her mom was a devout Christian woman. And uh, she said, well, you, you came and she started talking about their family lineage, her grandparents, her great-great-grandparents, her great-great-great-grandparents. And the young girl stood there mesmerized for a little while and smiled and said, well, thank you, Mommy. And she ran off clicking her heels and And uh, her mother thought no more about it. Well, she went from there into the den where her father was sitting in the recliner. And uh, he was an unbeliever. And she asked him, Daddy, where did I come from? And so he began to explain the theory of evolution. How that cells mutated and frogs evolved and went through all of this spill and the little girl stood there looking at her dad telling about all of this evolutionary theory and finally she said okay thank you dad and she was very puzzled so she goes back to her mother and she said mom can you explain to me When I asked you where I came from, you told me I came from grandparents, great-grandparents, great-grandparents. 
But when I asked daddy that same question, he said, I came from a monkey. She said, oh, he was talking about his side of the family. I was talking about mine. The book of John is such a powerful study that you need to read it many times over to really grasp everything that's in it. I don't know how many times I have read John chapter 8, but I read it again and something fresh and new uh, became so vivid to my mind and my spirit. It begins with a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Really, it begins before then. We have chapter breaks in our Bible, but in the original manuscript, there were no chapter breaks. So you really have to go back to John 7, somewhere toward the last six or eight verses, where they were trying to plot to kill Jesus. They had had enough of him, and they were wanting to do him in and get rid of him. And Nicodemus uh, spoke up who had come to Jesus by night. And uh, anyway, that's, that's really where all of this story in the, the eighth chapter evolves because it is in that setting that you begin to see a picture painted of a group of people that should have known but did not know who God really was. And because of their failure to know the true nature of God, they knew the law, they could quote the law, they had embellished the law, they had added so many addendums to it, I think 600 and some odd addendums to the law, uh, they knew all of that, but they did not know the true author of that law. And so that's a dangerous person to be around. Because the letter killeth. It's the spirit that gives life. And if you are around somebody who is continually critical about people and things and life, it may be they, have, they, they are under the wrong influence. I don't want to go any further than that, but uh, these men who were the keepers of the law knew nothing of who Jesus was. John begins writing his letter by saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and all of that. And he said, and that Word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. But He came to His own, and His own received Him not. And so here you're seeing a manifestation of this Spirit that had come into the lives of, of these people. And there was such a tragic uh, incomprehension of who Jesus was and what he had come to do. And there was such a failure to understand and embrace all that he had come to, to do. The light that uh, had been brought into their world, they failed to understand the value and recognize that that light. And so you go from the end of the, the, the seventh chapter where they're trying to figure out a way to get rid of him and then you come into chapter eight and they're dragging this woman into his presence. They, they act like they're serious and they're very concerned, but really they were just trying to trap him. But the story, it, it, it exposes how 
seriously destitute they were of any kind of spiritual comprehension of who God was and what the law was designed to do. And it went from there and it goes from bad to worse. As you go down through uh, the the 8th chapter and uh, then Jesus begins to hit on a subject that really irritates them. And it is the subject of who their father was. Who birthed you? And uh, they claimed Abraham was their father. And he said, you claim that, but now you're here trying to kill me. If you were Abraham's seed, you would not, you would understand who I am because even then they, they foresaw my coming. And so, uh, anyway, I don't want to get bogged down in all of that, but um, he reveals to them that he uh, is the way, the truth, the life. He is the light of the world. And uh, he talks about being set free and the liberty of the person who has truly been set free. And I... I don't want to take too much liberty with the scripture, but I I think there are inferences in what I read to you tonight that I can draw from. So I want to go back to what Jesus said here in these verses, especially verse number 38. He said, I speak what I have seen with my father. You do that which you have seen with your father. Amazing. He speaks what he sees. They do what they've seen. And so he highlights a contrasting difference between who they claim they are and who they ought to be. And he says, it matters who your daddy is. Turn to your neighbor and say, it matters who your spiritual daddy is. Who is your example in the living of your life? And your example is even more important than the words that you speak. Two different fathers are referenced. Two different sources of inspiration Two different origins of actions. Two different natures that are mentioned here. The work of God and the word of God makes no progress in my life and produces no effect because of my orientation. His word made no progress in them because they were of a different origin. And a different spirit and a different nature than him. Jesus implies that they had the devil as their father. And later he states that very clearly. And his word did not advance with them. It became barren because of who their father was. It matters who your daddy is. It matters who is giving birth to your thoughts. It matters the birthplace of your attitude. The birthplace of your spirit. It matters who gives birth to your inspiration, to your actions, to your life. And so we can infer from this text tonight... That it does matter who you hang out with. It matters the company that you keep. It matters what you fellowship. Amen. The reason some messages do not reach me is not because they are not powerful to change 
They do not reach me because there is no relationship with the source of that message. That is how religious people, and that's why religious people can crucify someone. Amen. So it matters who the father of your thoughts are. It matters who is fathering your actions. It matters who is fathering your words. It matters who is fathering your deeds. Because you and I will adopt the traits of the spirit that gives birth to who we are. Amen. Your relationships matter. It does matter who you befriend. I'm not saying that you should not be a friend of sinners because Jesus was. But I will tell you that the influence of my life has got to be from the right source. And I'm going to just pastor a little bit tonight. Is that all right? I don't... Somebody said, when you start pastoring, Brother Hughes, that indicate we have problems. No, but I learned a long time ago, if you'll keep the orchard healthy, it'll bear fruit. And the easiest way to frustrate the fruit-bearing process is to allow things to slip into our lives and we excuse them and we condone them. And one of the greatest places that we have been able to express our anger and our frustration is on social media in the culture in which we live and so many things come out of people that claim to be Christian but it goes back to what Jesus said earlier you say you are of Abraham's seed but you want to kill me if you really love God's people you're not going to talk bad about them If you really love God's people, you're not going to assassinate somebody else's character just because you don't like them. Listen to me. I could mention a name and it would cause the hackles to go up on the back of your neck because you've just had some experiences with that individual and uh, every time that name is mentioned, it just causes that reaction. Who fathered those feelings? Most feelings of that nature are fathered by hurt. And hurt is not something that God does to his people. And so I have to go back and ask the Lord, where is this coming from? I need you to get this out of me. I need you to cleanse this out of my mind, my system. I don't even want those words on my tongue any longer. Because your relationships matter. Who I am connected to matters. Because there is an influence there. Who you allow to speak into your life matters. Everybody has a word from the Lord nowadays. I've never seen so many prophets and prophetesses in my life. But I've told people before, prophecy should only be a confirmation of what you've already heard from your pastor or the leaders that God put over you. Why would God give you a word that contradicts what your shepherd's saying to you? Why would God speak something that would put you in opposition with the brothers and sisters that are in your family? And yet we are so quick because we are enamored by prophecy. We love somebody to look at us and say, I know what's going to happen to you 10 days from now. And I know what happened to you 10 days ago. We love that. Just something about the mystery of that. How did that happen? Well, it happens. 
God uses men with gifts of that and women of that nature. I'm not saying that that should not be a part of the New Testament church. But I will tell you this. There's a shepherd that sits and stands in your life that you better make sure if you're going to listen to anybody or anyone that you listen carefully to what that man is saying into your life because it matters who is fathering your thoughts. It matters who is fathering your attitude. It matters who is fathering your spirit. Amen. Let's praise him right now. Because we usually adopt the character of the spirit that we hang out with. Amen. We do. You don't believe that? I'm going to, I'll make my own person. I'm preaching tonight, so I'll make my own personal confession. Several years ago when we were just starting here, I was working and, uh, we had gotten a job building out a warehouse and uh, we were working 12, 14 hours a day to try to get it finished and I, the man that owned it was uh, very wealthy uh, but he had probably the foulest tongue I have ever been around in my life. I don't think three words could come out until some curse word come out. And, uh, you know, you hear that six days a week. And you hear that over and over and over again. And that's what you're around during all of that season. You better be praying a whole lot. Or some of that stuff's going to drift into your spirit. And lo and behold, something happened one day. The electricians had grounded a wire to the ceiling grid and when our guys got there to start pulling ceiling tile in it it almost electrocuted one of them but it did shock him quite seriously and and so we're standing there and I'm telling the owner about the problem and he, he, he makes a statement and before I could catch myself well I did catch myself I didn't say it but I can't say I didn't think it Is it bad if you just think it? Yes, you better get those thoughts out because sooner or later those thoughts are going to come out in words. That's what Jesus just said. But what I'm trying to say is I don't care who you are. You are not exempt from the pressures of the influences that come into your life. And if you allow the wrong voices to continually speak into your life or you're allowing the wrong spirits to continually have an influence over you, sooner or later, it's going to come out. It's going to be revealed. It's going to show itself because I am a product of the spirit that I hang out with. I am a product of the spirit that I fellowship. And I am adopting the character of the spirit that birthed me. Amen. That's why it's so important that we know who our father is. Amen. And we keep that communication and that line open all the time. I want you to go with me to the book of Romans chapter 15. Romans the 15th chapter. And I... I, I, I wish that I had time to flesh all of this out. Perhaps Brother Greg can do that uh, at a later time. Uh, but I want you to look at Romans chapter 15. And we're going to begin with verse number 1. This is what Paul writes to the New Testament church. He said, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak 
and not to please ourselves. Now, what does he mean by that? Well, if I know human nature any, if you're strong and you're having to deal with somebody that's weak, it's not hard to become judgmental and critical of their weakness. But but the word said, we then that are strong have an obligation and a responsibility to bear the infirmities, the weaknesses, the shortcomings, the failings, the faults of the weak and not to do what would please us and that would most likely be to criticize them. Let every one of us Say every one of us. I love those. I love the inclusiveness of the Bible. It doesn't leave any of us out. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Folks, that right there is a mouthful. Because it goes against the grain of everything that the culture in which we live in is based on. The culture that we live in is a culture of selfishness and self-centeredness and self-aggrandizement. And he says the opposite of that. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. It's important to know who his good is. You're not doing that to get a brownie point. You're not doing that to get a few more stripes so that the Lord will say, you've been a good guy. You've been a spiritual man. You've helped the weak. You are doing that for the man that can't stand on his own two feet. You're doing that for the woman who struggles. Let every one of us please his neighbor. For his good to the edification, to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we learn through patience and comfort of the scriptures that we might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus, that you may be with one mind and one mouth, that you may be with one mind. Oh God, help us tonight. One mind and one mouth that we might glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive you one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. I'm telling you, the sword cuts deep. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers and that the Gentiles and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. You see, there was such a clash in that hour between Jew and Gentile that even after the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, there were still things that separated. There were sects. There was this uh, idea of superiority because of their spiritual knowledge or who there were. And the Lord said, hey, I have made all one flesh. All one flesh. And you as a Jew have received the law. But he said the Gentiles can glorify God also because of His mercy. I'm glad that I know something about the mercy of God. 
And because I know something about the mercy of God, accuse me of whatever you want to accuse me of, but I am going to be a man of mercy and I want to give men and women an opportunity where they might not have had it anywhere else because I know that you can never underestimate what can happen in the move of God or in an atmosphere where God's Spirit moves. Everything can change in a person's life and they can be changed into his likeness. As it is written, for this cause I will confess thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. Amen. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and laud him, all you people. And again, Isaiah said, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And I myself am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness. You're full of goodness. You're full of knowledge. Able also to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. I have therefore, whereof I may glory through Christ Jesus, or Jesus Christ, in those things which pertain to God. I have a lineage. I am a Jew of the, of the of the perfect order for I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed through many through mighty signs and wonders and by the power of his spirit so that from Jerusalem and around about to Illyricum I have fully persuaded the gospel of Christ. Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he has, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they that have not heard shall understand. For which cause also, I have been much hindered from coming to you, but now having no more place in these parts and having a great desire these many years to come unto you, wheresoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you for I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way thitherward by you. If first I be somewhat filled with your company. And so he talks to this church about the matter of who their father is. It's not just an earthly thing. It's a spiritual thing. And tonight, I don't know of any more important message. There's much more that I could read, but for the sake of time, I will not. That I could read to you tonight concerning this thing of who your daddy is. But the next time something comes out of you, that should not come out of you. There ought to be something rise up to question who fathered that, what fathered that, and eliminate that from my life because I want him to be my father. I want him to be the author of all that I do. I I want him to be the source of what I am inspired and led by. I want him to be the one who gives me the word to speak and the love to share because if he will author it, he will finish it. Let's stand together.
Amen. Turn to your neighbor one more time and say, It does matter who your daddy is. Amen. It matters who fathers the inspirations for all that you do. Amen. This ought to be the most loving, caring, compassionate church on the face of the earth. Why? Because when I look around this building, I see the mercy and the grace and the goodness of God on our lives. And if God did that for us, surely He would want to do it for others. I would encourage you, if you're a social media person, check who you hang out with there. Check what you continually read there. Because the scripture says evil communication corrupts good manners. Evil communication, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Evil communication. You know what? Get that up there. The Amplified Bible, I think. First Corinthians, I'm sorry, chapter 15, verse 33. I'm reading the Amplified Bible and it said, Do not be deceived or misled. Evil companionships communion associations corrupt and deprave good manners and morals and character it matters who your father is amen maybe another night we could pick this up again but I'm out of juice tonight Reach over and grab your hand, the hand of your friend or neighbor and let's pray. God, tonight, help us to become a church that more and more reflects you, your love, your compassions, your mercies, your grace, your goodness. Let us be inclusive, Lord. Let us open our arms to those that we may not know or understand Help us, God, to have a heart of compassion. A heart, Lord, that is open and receptive. God, that we would befriend those who struggle. That we would not criticize them or chastise them, but we would come alongside and help them in their struggles, Lord. Because you came alongside of me one day and you helped me in my struggle. You showed mercy to me, Lord, when I didn't deserve it. And you gave grace to me, Lord, that I could not merit. You loved me when I was unlovable. Yes, you did, Lord. You loved me when I was unlovable. You cared for me, Lord, like nobody has ever cared for me. God, help me to in turn reflect that glory and reflect that mercy and reflect that goodness because I've been in your presence. I have allowed your spirit to father my attitude and father my thoughts and father my words, oh God. I want you to be the author of my love. I want you to be the author of my compassion. I want you to be the reason for all that I do, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.
Oh, I love you tonight, Lord. I love you tonight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You're the center of my joy. Oh, yes, you are, Lord. All that's good and perfect comes from you. If you'd like to draw close to Him tonight, come more under His influence. Why don't you just lift your hands toward Him right now? Oh, yes, Lord, I want you to father my spirit, father my attitude. I want you to father my actions and father my words. I want you to be the source of all of my activities and my endeavors, Lord. I want them to come from your inspiration and your giftings. God, I need you tonight. Help me to love the world like you love the world. God, help me to love people like you love people. Help me, God, to look at people as you looked at people. Not as others have looked at them in disgust, but look at them like you see them, Lord. They're your child. They're just lost. They're your son, but they're just prodigal at this moment. Help me, God, to look around at others in this church that I may not understand and I may not know and figure out a way to love them like you have loved me. Thank you, Lord. 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 I bless you tonight. I bless you tonight. I bless you tonight. I bless you tonight. Praise God, praise God, praise God. I want Him to be the source of all that I do, all my hopes, all my dreams and my desires. Amen. My attitude gets out of whack. I get to acting up. I just need to go back to an altar and ask Him to help me get reoriented. Amen. Because I want to love people the way He loves people. Praise God. Father, we love You tonight. Oh God, thank You for Your body, Your family, Your your people, this church. Thank You, God. We love You tonight. And I know that they love You. And I know tonight, God, that none of us are perfect. But never let us use that as an excuse for it behavior or attitude that are unlike you. I want you to be the source, the inspiration. I want you to be the father of all that I do. I want you to be the source of not only my joy, but my mercy and my grace that I show to others like you have shown to me. Somebody in this world, Lord, is waiting on somebody just to love them unconditionally. Just like you loved us when we were yet without hope. When we were dead in the trespasses of our sin. You loved us. Filthy, dirty, undone, unclaimed. Laying by the side of the road in our own blood, Lord, you came and picked us up and you cleaned us off and you made us your own. Help us, Lord, to show that same kind of mercy, that same kind of grace to those who are in need today, to those who struggle, the weak among us. We would never write anybody off. 
that we would never close the door on anyone. We would leave that door open and the light on, inviting them to come home. Thank you, Lord, for always welcoming us. I've never come into your presence, Lord, that you did not welcome me. I've never come to you that you did not hear me. I've never come to you, Lord, without knowing that your compassions fail not. They fail not. They're new every morning. And though I may stumble and I may fall, I have an advocate. I have someone that stands for me. Thank you for that tonight. Let us never forget what you've saved us from, what you brought us out of, and where you brought us to. Also, Lord, that we would never forget that and become egotistical and spiritual snobs and think that we're better than someone else. I am what I am by the grace and goodness of God, by the mercies of God. All of us, Lord, are sinners saved by grace. Help us to love people like you love them and see them like you see them with compassions that fail not. In Jesus' name, we ask your blessings to be upon us and go with us everywhere we go this week, Lord. Let there be the influence of your spirit. Let there be the anointing of your presence. Even in the darkest places, let there be a hope, Lord, that comes from your presence to our lives. We ask it for all of these that are here tonight in your precious and holy name. And everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to find three people and I want you to tell them genuinely and sincerely how much you love and appreciate who they are. Amen.